Hey, my name is Philip Craig. I'm the pastor here at Aria Church. Thanks so much for joining us. I hope this podcast empowers you, hope it fuels your faith, and hope it impacts your life. Uh, One thing we spoke about last week in the message, our Vision Sunday, was, and it really challenged me, that when Jesus, he died, uh, went past the Sabbath Saturday, and then we came in to Sunday, which was the first day of the week, probably equivalent to our Monday. And he came back to the disciples who had had to go through the whole ordeal of seeing their savior, their best friend, their leader die, which was traumatic. And let's be honest, in today's world, what we would probably do is just be trying to encourage people, put our arm around them. That's so traumatic, we would be going through um, all the cycles of that. And that's not necessarily wrong, but it, it challenged me that Jesus came back and he didn't do any of that, it seems. He actually corrected them. <laughs> they said, you know, pick yourself up. You should have had faith. And then go. I've given you the vision. I've painted it clear. Go into all the world and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so what, that, what we spoke about last week is some of you maybe are, and it's actually said very clearly in Mark 16 that they were hard-hearted. Come on, anyone hard-hearted? Don't put your hand up. So they were discouraged. They felt a lack of excitement in their life. They felt like, ugh, what's this all about? You're taking us on an emotional roller coaster, probably. Or this is too big for us. This is too hard. I don't understand. Maybe you're there. And I believe God's saying to you right now is that you need to challenge your vision. You need to expand your vision for your life. If you're living just for yourself, it's too small. If you're living just to get the next big high or hype or go to travel into a certain country, and it's just all about what you can experience, you're living too small. And God would say, expand your vision, that you were never purposed and designed to be on this earth to live for yourself. It's too small. You become dissatisfied too quickly, and that's why people get into drugs and alcohol and all these kinds of things, because you're living too small. God has got excitement for you. God has got purpose for you. But it comes at the cost of your current vision and your current comfort. And this is the problem with excitement. If you want God's kind of excitement, it comes with a godly kind of fear. (laughs) Because the scripture last week also told us that the disciples were terrified, or sorry, Mary, when she came on the scene and seen what had happened and Jesus had risen, she was terrified, but she was excited. They were terrified and they were excited together. Some of you in here are scared to pray out loud in front of people, maybe even by yourself. But there's a part of you that would love to do it. You're terrified but you're excited. Some of you would love to go to a group or connect with some other like-minded people, go to young adults, share your faith, but you're terrified and you're excited. Some of you would love to be generous and to give and not be tight. <laughs> You'd love to be just like those people of all the testimonies and God, I, God told me to do this and I'd done it and I obeyed him. I sacrificed and then 
he was faithful and he showed up and he provided for me. You'd love that story, but you're terrified. But you're also excited. Some of you would love to be a leader. You feel like God's telling you to be a leader or to rise up and, and to do something great for God. And God's actually put the gift of leadership on your life. But to speak in front of people, you get nervous and you get red flushes. And when they asked you, maybe when you were in school, just to read something out in English, you, you took redners. You blushed. That was me. I, I, I'll be honest. I'm not having started the message, but hold tight. <laughs> This is a better one anyhow. I remember, honestly, I'm not even kidding. I was at like a youth group like ours on a Friday night. And they started doing these things called testimonies. Where people would have to share their story of how, you know, they came to faith and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, what is going on? This is, I love to hear people's testimonies. Because they're really just being honest and sharing their heart. But, but I knew that, oh man, a few of my friends have been asked and they've done it. They're coming for me. <laughs> and I like the football part of this. And I like hang out, hanging out with my mates. I like going to McDonald's afterwards and getting a McFlurry. Love a McFlurry, anyone else? That was, that's the only reason I really went, let's be honest. And, and the other stuff was a side dish. But as soon as you start to ask me to share, anyone remember MSN Messenger? It's basically Facebook Messenger, only this thing called MSN Microsoft. You heard of that, yeah? And I, I just remember that's how our youth leaders used to communicate with us. And I, I seen this message come through and I, I ignored it from the youth leader. We didn't have mobiles then. I was 16. And so I was just, I was just waiting for the home phone to ring. <laughs> and I, I was man marking the home phone <laughs> all week. Because I, I just sensed he's going to ask me. I have to be honest. I seen it. <laughs> I seen my leader call and I took the phone off the socket and put it back down. <laughs> he doesn't know this. Actually, I'm using this as a place of confession. I've never told him this. He never knew, but he got me in the end and I shared and I faced my fear. I was excited, but I was terrified. I'm telling you, we need a church of people who are willing to be excited and terrified and do it anyhow. Because I don't want a church full of people who are still in P1 when they're 35. It, it, I, if you've seen a 35-year-old going to sit beside your P1, and they went on to the little seats, I should have got a seat up here. What's it look like? It looks awkward. You're also worried about who the... Security. And so God has not called you to stay in P1. He's called you to move forward, not big steps, but one step. And yes, you'll be terrified, and yes, you'll be scared. And that's why, we'll talk about this in a minute, why we see the Bible tells us very clearly that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. That, that means that God's got a way of doing things for your good. They're how it's supposed to be, how I intended life to be. And sin will mess you up. And so we got to hear the truth. Why? To expose the sin. Because what does sin do? Sin brings you further than you want to go. It costs you more than you want to pay. And keeps you longer than you want to stay. Can I get an amen? So sin's messing God's ways up. It's keeping you captive in a prison. And, and the problem with 
with our truth, as the world would say, is our truth seems right for a moment, but it's not the full story. It's good. The problem with sin is, you know, whatever kind of sin it is, it's good on the front end. It looks shiny. It looks good on the surface. They might even look good if that's attached to your sin. But sin never tells you about the back end. It always tells you about the front end. It tells you about the short term. It doesn't tell you about the long term. And it messes us up. It throws us off course. And we actually realize the best kind of life isn't this short win. It's this long win. It's the long game. It's the big picture. That's why when you plant something, it takes time for the tree to bear fruit. And when it bears fruit, it multiplies and it gives birth to more trees and more fruit. That's the way your life is supposed to be. So, so your best days are not your early days. Your best days are your later days. Come on to my senior youth. Can I get an man from the senior youth in here? That means people over about 50. <laughs> in case you're not following me. Right, let's, let's get started. That's my, my intro. About 40 more minutes. Is that okay? I'm only kidding. So today I want to talk to you. That, I'm just trying to tee it up. Today I want to talk to you about the basics for graduation. The basics. I'm going to break this down super simple. We talked about how right, God wants us to go and do something with our life. It's not just to exist, to live for ourselves. Any dream that God gives you, how you know it's a God dream, is that it's not about you. It's for other people. In Northern Ireland, we're amazing because we have all these charities. Because we actually get it. And you know why we have all those charities, I believe? Because we are founded on Christian values. We realize that we find the life that God has for us by serving other people. By helping other people. But sometimes we're going to be terrified and excited at the exact same time. You know, I heard this story yesterday at the conference. It was talking about a lost sheep. You know, there's, a, there's a parable about the lost sheep. And you think about a sheep and a shepherd. You know, the shepherd's job is to attend to the, the flock, to keep the flock together, to guide the flock, to move the flock. But what, how, how does a sheep get lost in the first place? It's not like it says, right, I'm going to get, I've got a plan. I'm going to get lost so they can write a parable about me. The sheep doesn't do that, but they consistently get lost. No person in here ever plans to mess up their life, ever plans to mess up their marriage, their relationships, their job. No one ever plans to cause themselves harm, but you still fall into it. It still happens because sometimes of vision, or maybe we're not watching, or we're not challenging ourselves, we're not asking the hard questions. And so what happens to a sheep is simply... Bat, eat. Three steps. Bat, eat. Three more steps. Bat, eat. Repeat. Bat, eat, repeat. And they're not looking, they're just looking for the next thing, the next feed, the next grass. And before they know it, if they don't look up and look at their surroundings and get feedback and challenge themselves, no one's around. They're vulnerable. They're exposed. So maybe today I can start to help you to, to look up and to look around. What am I doing? 
Where am I? I've just been existing through the last three years, just trying to eat, sleep, and repeat. Eat, sleep, and repeat. But I, but I haven't really assessed my position. And maybe we can catch you before a wolf comes because you've showed up today. Maybe we can get your head above water. Maybe we can get you to look behind you, to the left, to the right. Assess where you're at, what your vision is, what you can see, who's around. Do I have any friends? Is my shepherd close? And we can expose the problem so we can get a solution. Can you get an amen? So the first thing I want to talk about is number one, attend. Basics for graduation. Why? Because we don't want everyone to stay in P1. We're not a church where you stay in P1. You go from P1 to P2, from P3 to P4. We want you to move forward in your faith. There's too many people that go to churches that just attend and never grow. But the first step is to attend. Because the problem now is people don't attend. And so I want to get your head up, your eyes open, so you can see this is a problem. You know, I remember going to school. Some of you maybe don't like school, didn't like school. You're like, get me out of school. That's fine. This is just an example. But I remember them telling me very clearly, it was so simple in, in school. They were saying, we need you guys to attend. We want the best for you. We want you to get good results. But if you don't attend, you're already on the bottom end. If you don't show up, you're going to miss even the chance of doing well. If you don't attend, you're going to miss out on social development. If you don't attend, you're going to miss out on incredibly important information that's going to affect the rest of your life, the long term, not the short term. Short term, you might be happy because you're playing your Xbox or your PlayStation. But in the long term, it's going to impact you. Here's a few statements. When I looked at, you know, what are the stats and how do they affect people when people don't attend school? When students are absent, they miss vital explanations, demonstration, collaboration, activities that enhance understanding. As a result, their learning suffers, leading to lower academic achievement and reduced confidence in their abilities. Another response is when students are absent, they miss vital explanations, demonstrations, collaboration, and it affects their social well-being. It affects their personal identity. And it affects their, their ability to develop further on. Why? Because they simply didn't just attend. Because when you show up, when you're just there in the room, there's at least a chance that you might learn something. There's going to be opportunities for you to get feedback on your behavior. Come on, parents, can you get an amen? The teacher better sort it. Because I'm busy. But there's at least challenge. There's an environment of growth. Not just academically, socially, personally. In schools, they actually do teach some good things. Maybe you're a critic. I'm telling you, I still teach the odd time. It is positive for the most part. It's important. It says in Hebrews 10 and 25, watch this. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do. But encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. 
So at the end there, the day of his return is drawing near. There's a warning there, but at the, at the beginning it's like, you need to meet together. Because if you don't, you'll be weakened. If you don't, you won't grow. You won't graduate. You won't move forward. You'll become bored. You start to lose faith. And what, when you start to lose faith, it, it will replace itself with something else. You start to live with your own strength, your own ideas. You know what that's called? Sin. Then you start to become lost, start to live for yourself. And you waste decades of your life trying to figure out what just happened. Why? Because you just didn't attend. So, so okay, Phil, well, what was going on in that day? How, how much did they attend? When we're talking about not neglecting the meeting together, what were they really talking about? Well, in that day, they would have met daily. They would have Bible reading. They would have had Scripture reading, prayer, all that kind of stuff, maybe two and three times a day. Some people would have met even multiple times a day at the temple, gathered together. You think about some of the religions today that are growing rapidly. They meet daily. I'm not saying it's because they're right, but I'm saying it does help people to move forward. It does help people to grow, to learn, to stay straight and narrow. And so if you're, not, if you're attending once a month, you have no hope. Try going to church. Try, try going to school once a month. It doesn't work. So, some of us, we just pray when we're stuck. But God doesn't want you just to live a life of survival. God wants to implant dreams in your heart. God wants to implant vision beyond your own capacity and ability. You're maybe hard-hearted and disappointed. Time to build up a bigger vision that God has for you. How do you do it? You get into his presence. You pray. You get around people who are like-minded. You make it happen. You don't wait for the right opportunity. You, you go through terror. You go through fear. You show up at that group when even you don't know a person. And you feel awkward in the room for a little bit. And yeah, you mightn't like them. Go find another group. It's fine. We've told all our leaders, you're, you're not allowed to get offended if someone leaves your group. So that's your license. If the person, they're just annoying. Or they don't provide good buns. Get out of there. <laughs> but, but the very basics... of moving forward in your life, whether it's your marriage, any relationship, your job, you got to show up. We only meet once a week. Maybe we need to pick it up. But that's why we have groups. That's why we have prayer throughout the week. That's why you can meet people for coffee. And I'm not trying to be extreme or weird, or, but I'm saying let's get back to basics. If you want to move forward in your life, if you want to come alive, if you want to be fired up like some of the people you see in church, it's, it's, you, you can do it. It's your choice. But the, the, the beginning stage is going to be showing up, attending, being in the room. That's, that's the basic start. It says in Acts 2, every, every day, what's this? Every day they continue to meet together in the temple courts. Every day. When? They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. I've seen so many people who, who, who come whenever they feel like it. It's not a plan. It's just when they feel like it. <laughs> Try doing that with any other area of your life. I'll just go to the gym when I feel like it. No, if you want to get fit, get healthy, you don't do it when you feel like it. You do it. The most important time to do it is when you don't feel like it. 
Some of you don't come to church because you messed up last night. That's actually when you need to come to church to realign, to repent, to confess, to move forward. Why? Because sin tries to... That's the problem with sin. Sin makes it all about you. I'm not good enough. Well, you never were good enough. Who told you you were ever good enough? That's why we need Jesus and the cross. <laughs> That's why he died. He didn't die because you were good enough. He died because he loved you and he wanted to pay the price for you so he could bring you back to life and to redeem your life and to give you vision and give you ability that you don't naturally have. Can I get an amen? See, half-hearted doesn't work. Come on, anyone ever dated someone half-heartedly? It's complicated. <laughs> We're not sure. I asked someone recently about, like, I've heard you've been kind of hanging out about with this guy um, for three years. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Is he your boyfriend, at least? Oh, well, uh, uh, what? What's, oh, uh, well, uh, well, uh? couldn't give me an answer. And so I was like, well, you want the truth? Run. Why? Because I used to be one of those guys. Run <laughs> from him. If, he's not, if he doesn't see your value enough to commit to you on a basic level, run. Why? Because half-hearted doesn't work. That's why when marriage is, it's all in through the good and through the bad. That's why when you have God, when things are getting hard, you got support, you got strength. That's what the church is about. Encouragement, strength. Don't give up. Keep pressing on. Ever went to work half-heartedly? I'm sure the boss loves you. <laughs> ah. Yeah, I remember going to a, a shop and it was, ever been racing to a shop? I think it was getting something for church in forget where it was, like a family business of some kind, and I needed some parts, and it was like five, it was like 4.55, it said on Google, five o'clock, it finishes, so I can get there for like 4.57, you better be open, I need this thing done tonight, and I went there, and the, the shutters were down, and I'm like, hey, it's 4.57. You said 5 p.m. False advertisement open. Now. And they're like, sorry, we're already shut the tills down. I was like, you know what? I'm pretty sure they don't own this business. I'm pretty sure they're not related to the owner or it's not the son of the daughter. Because if they were, the shutters would be wide open. And so that's why we're sons and daughters. Of the Most High, He has called us to take ownership, to realize that He is our Father and He's got great plans in store for us and He's got everything that we need to get there. But it looks like taking ownership and showing up. Yeah. Half-hearted just doesn't work. Half-hearted health and safety does not work. This place would be burnt down if, we had, if I went half-heartedly about some of those switches out there, which we've had to replace recently as in Thursday. Honestly, it, it, it would be burnt down. Everyone on a half-hearted flight. 
you know, half a wing? <laughs> no, it doesn't work. Remember so many times I'm going to football training on a Tuesday night, the amount of times we've been scolded for not attending training. You're not playing Saturday if you don't attend. Why? Because it doesn't work. When we get to Saturday, we're sluggish, we're getting defeated, we're, we're not up for it, we're, we're lazy, we're, we don't know each other, we don't know how we run the system that we've got in play, whether it's 4-4-2 or 4-5-1 or whatever it is. We have nothing in st- We're not ready. If we're half-hearted at church and we don't come here and prepare and try to get the seats ready, you're coming in and it's chaos. It doesn't work. If you're trying to follow Jesus half-heartedly, you're wasting your time. Because you're going to have a hope for a vision. And I I want that, God, but if you don't put in the yards and show up, it's not going to work. Because God needs your attention. And he's got to get past your fleshly instincts. And without time and prayer, consistently, you'll not break those instincts down. You'll not break that fleshly instinct down. It's a bit like this. Uh, so many of us, you know, God, I want to do this. And, and you've got this lion over here. And you've got this, this kitten over here. And we talk about the fight between the flesh and the Spirit of God. So the Spirit of God wants to do one thing, our flesh wants to do another, and we're sitting here wondering why, God, I just don't have the power to overcome this desire. My spirit's like a kitten, and my flesh is like a lion. Why? Because we keep feeding the flesh. We keep spending time in our fleshy mindsets and our self scroll. I want this, I want that. That's why with the heart of the house, I've had to be honest with myself and say, I feel right, you were on holidays recently. You bought a few things, a few pairs of trainers, a few different, you spent quite a bit on yourself, Phil. Just make sure you're sacrificial for others. Just make sure you're willing to lay as much down for others, if not more. And so I'm like, I'm going to have to beef this thing up and, and ask the Holy Spirit, God, what do you want me to give? But I know I've spent quite a bit on myself, so... It was actually the same heart we had for giving compassion and sponsoring our child. I'm like, we spend so much money on silly stuff like coffees. I better be willing to pay £30 a month for a child in Africa. Two, we're nearly done. I'm going to fly through these last points. Follow the way. It says the average person spends about 28 hours a week on watching TV. People on smartphones spend about 3.5 hours per day on the phone. I'm way over that. What is the outcome? Anxiety, depression, comparison, soul depletion, adrenaline, overdrive. From that investment, from our way. But God has called us. It says, John 14, as I said earlier, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but through me. Jesus is the only way to connect with God, to deal with our sin. But he is the way. He's got a way of doing things. He's got his truth which breaks us free which then brings us life and purpose. And so when we follow God's way, it leads to life. But it looks like spiritual practices. It looks like attending. It looks like training. It looks like showing up. And a lot of times when you're doing these spiritual practices, disciplines, you don't feel like it initially, 
But at the end, it feels good. Anyone ever come to church and you're like, for some reason, you always have a fight on a Sunday before church? Or there's always an obstacle or there's always trouble before you break through. But when you get there, you come out, I'd done the right thing. That was worth it. I don't, that was the right thing to do. That's building my life. That's helped me to do what God wants me to do. That's moving me forward. In the same way, when you go into a school or a business, there's ways of doing things. There's pathways. If you want to buy something, you've got to go to the till. There's, it's organized on the shelf. In the same way you go, you go to work, you've got your own desk. There's organization. There's ways of doing things. You clock in here and you clock out there. If you, if you have a problem, you go to, the, in the hierarchical system within your business, you go to a certain leader, a certain uh, boss. Or if you're going to the hospital, there's all kinds of arrows everywhere if you need help with a respiratory problem. You go to one place, if you've got, you need a, a problem with a broken bone, you go somewhere else. If it's, if it's emergency, there's timing issues, then you go to A&E. There's ways. God's got ways for you to follow. Some of them are Number one, attending meeting together. How have we set that up? That's every Sunday we meet. Every other week we do groups. Every other week we do prayer. If you show up, you will grow. We study the Word of God. That's one of God's ways. That's what we sing. Jesus even had to study for 30 years. You can go to courses, you can go to schools, but we study. We have solitude times of silence, times where we go and ask God questions and listen. We practice prayer and fasting. We experience teaching. Sometimes people want to, you know, they want to go towards the house group model or they want to go towards the bigger gathering. Listen, we need both. It's very hard to, to welcome a family into your home when there's and you're trying to teach, and there's chaos everywhere. That's why we end up having church gatherings, because we can have order, ways of doing things, so that you can sit in here while someone else is looking after your, your children, and you can grow, and, and then go back and feed back into your children. You need teaching. You need fellowship. You need study. You need solitude. You need confession. You need challenge. You need repentance. You need evangelism. We need it all. That's God's ways of growing you, building the church seeing other people that are lost come to faith. But if we're not walking in God's ways, we're not going to find His will. So what's God's will in this situation? Well, we'll start with what you know. I need to be praying daily. I need to be going to church every week. And even throughout the week, I need to make it a priority. If I'm half-hearted, it doesn't work. Come on, am I telling the truth or am I making this up? I'm sure you've tried and tested it. There's seasons in your life where you were more on fire, more excited, felt God was working through you because you were actually showing up, you were attending, you were walking in God's ways, you were reading your Bible, you were praying, and you actually went, be, you enlarged your vision from just being, I'm just an attendee. No, you're not. The Bible says you're his royal priesthood. You're his saints. You're people's only hope in your world. You're the salt of the earth. You're the light of the world. God is, God is in you. And so if we just minimize our vision to just being, we're just we attendees that go to a church and that's it and they do all the work. No, that's not us. That's not the church that God is building. That is not how God has structured the church. God has structured the churches that we raise up people to go and lead themselves, 
to lead their homes, to lead their families, to lead in the workplace. And leadership doesn't mean you have a tag, a name tag, or a position. It means you have influence. Whether you're, you're the, the caretaker of the school or you're the principal of the school. Whether you're the cleaner in the business or you're the CEO of the business, you're still called to lead, to shine, to, to influence, to pray for people. It's not, we're not actually supposed to be super complicated. What, what did the disciples do? They just preached the gospel. They prayed for people. They invited people to get baptized. There's, that's a great start. Number three, you take the test. Watch this. It says, Matthew, we're nearly finished. Matthew 14, verses 28 to 31. It says, Peter replied to him, Lord, if it is really you, so this is Peter on the boat, and they see Jesus, so he's like a ghost nearly, on the water. It says, Lord, if it's really you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, come. That was simple. So Peter came out of the boat and walked on the water and came towards Jesus. So he did walk on the water for a while. But when he saw the effects of the wind, got distracted, he was frightened. He allowed his fear, his fleshly instincts to lead him. And he began to sink and he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus extended his hand and caught him saying, oh, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? So what am I trying to say? That's a failure moment. That's a story where it didn't work out, but it did for a while. It's a bit like a kid starting to walk. They took two steps and then they fell. Then you picked them up. Listen, I would rather be a wet water walker than a dry boat talker. I would rather be a wet water walker than a dry boat talker. What does that mean? I'll give it a go. I'll take the test. Has anyone ever got 100% in the test? If you did, you're a geek. <laughs> but what I'm really trying to say is, it's okay to fail. It's normal to fail in the kingdom of God and on the earth we live in, in normality. <laughs> if you're not failing, I would say you're just talking. There's too many of us, we just, just want to talk. We need to do this. Well, what are you doing? We need to go here. We should, the church should be doing this. Well, what are you doing? What, what's God calling you to do? Let's make it more specific. What has God put on your heart? What have you asked God? God, what should God send me? Your servant is available. Send me. Where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? We need a bunch of Christians who are willing to move forward, to graduate, to grow. And you know what happens when you graduate and you grow and you continue to move forward? You get a, a test, but you also get a testimony. Yeah. See, Peter was a mess. He was a broken man. He had problems. He had issues. But he also had a testimony. He was reinstated as a part of the disciples after failure. But after being reinstated, he was the guy they chose to preach on the day where 3,000 people were saved. 
I'm telling you, I believe that's because he experienced failure. I believe that's because he took the test. I believe that's because he was willing to take a chance and to just go for it, whether he was terrified, which he was. And the terror eventually caught on to him, but he learned from it. And so the last point... No, actually, let me tell you just real quickly. God does test us. You you attend school... You follow in the ways of it, but then eventually you're tested to see how much have you taken in, where are you at, am I lost, do I need to do extra work outside of school to get through this year? And so you need to take a test, sometimes it's a faith test. Like if you read the book of Hebrews, it's all about faith tests, how Abraham had faith tests, Noah had a faith test of like believing that if he built an ark, that the rain would come one day. We have people who have long-suffering tests, like Job. But what's the end of the story is that God blessed him double what he originally had. So the test is about progression too. It's about moving forward too. God is not against you, but you will go through hard times. But use it for your formation. Use it to build the kingdom, and God will. if you build his house, he'll build yours. So I'd rather be a wet water walker than a dry boat talker because you're not building anything by just talking. You're not moving forward by just talking the talk. You've got to take the tests. So that's what, you know, when we talk about praying out loud or going to group or sharing your faith or maybe starting a group, getting on serving team and you're nervous, well, that's how you probably know it's the right thing to do a lot of the time. Or maybe it's hard for the house. You're nervous, oh, flip, how am I going to afford this? Well, maybe it's time to take the test. There's actually only really one time in the Bible we see where it says to test the Lord, and that's in the tithe in Malachi. And you can write that off because it's Old Testament or not, but it's still there. Use failure for your formation. And I think back to how God has formed me and continues to do so. All of my biggest formation moments and times and seasons and processes have been through failure. Whether it's some, what's this? Whether it's somebody else that's failed me, or it's I who have failed myself and others. All of my biggest formation moments as a follower of Christ, someone who would trust God and have a testimony, it's all came through failure. It's all come through trying my best at the time working with what I had in me and giving it a shot. And some of you maybe are are new parents. You don't have all the answers. You're giving it your best shot. And you're learning as you go. Maybe you've taken a new job and you got sacked. (laughs) Anyone been there? Don't put your hand up but use it as an opportunity to learn, grow in your character. What can I do better the next time? The same applies to your walk with God. It applies to every area of your life. If you're not challenged right now in your life, I can guarantee you you're probably getting a hard heart. You're maybe bitter. 
You may be blaming someone else for your problems. Listen, it's a distraction. It's sin. God does not, has not called you to compete with your neighbor. He's called you to love your neighbor. He's not called you to compete with your enemy and get revenge. He's called you to love your enemy. That doesn't mean you have to be best friends, but it does mean you should be free from bitterness. Just go ahead and stand. It says here in 2 Timothy and 2, those who cleanse themselves from, from the latter will be instruments for special purposes, made holy, useful for the master, and prepared to do any good work. Those who cleanse themselves. Colossians 3 and 5 says, Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, greed, which is idolatry. You see, sometimes we go our own way. We, become, we imitate the world. And we expect God to change us. But God cannot change us until we start to align with his word, with his ways. We start to repent from our sin. And we start to then be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And we start to experience his goodness. So if we're going to graduate today, we need to show up. We need to come to church. We need to go to group. We need to show up in prayer. We need to do our study. We need to get a plan. We can't listen to our feelings. We need to follow God's ways and take them serious and realize that there's, there's a price to pay if we don't. We need to take the tests. If someone asks you to share and you're scared, do it anyhow. And we need to use our failures as a, ta a place for formation. Yeah, you might have messed up on your past and got it wrong. Humble yourself before God's mighty hand and he will raise you up. I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. I hope it encouraged you. There's a few things I'd love you to do. I'd love you to subscribe to our YouTube, iTunes or Spotify account. This is so you can keep up with our most recent material and messages. If this ministry has impacted your life and you'd love to help us reach others, you can do that right now by going to ariachurch.org and giving now. Cannot wait to see you next week on the Ariat Church podcast.